Welcome back everyone to First Gen's Table Talks with Leslie Mendez. March, we know, is an important month because we celebrate Women's History Month. And this episode will be dedicated to all our women, faculty, staff, and students at Arkansas Tech University. On today's episode, we will have a panel of students who will talk about their experiences of being first-generation women at Arkansas Tech. To begin with, we can go around the table and allow you all to introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Olivia Rowe. Hi, my name is Noelia Lopez. All right, so let's get started. And my first question is, what does it mean to you being a first-generation woman attending college? Um, I think for me, it would be a really big deal because I'm the first in my family to go to school, but I'm also a woman of color. And I know in the Hispanic community, sometimes women are looked down on or they're more like that you should be like in the kitchen or be like a house mom and I know that's very common in the Hispanic community so I feel like for me it's really like yeah overall it's it's a big deal in my family in my house. I think I was really lucky to be able to just um, get to have these strong women in my life that being like my grandmother and my mom and my sister who've just kind of been able to like pave the way in terms of like confidence and knowing your character and making sure you're set in yourself before putting yourself in like a different environment. So that was always really just helpful and being a guiding light for me. Okay. Yeah, I can piggyback to what Noelia said. Just because, I mean, I am the first one in my family to go to college and I guess I do live far I mean, it's like an hour away, but it's just a lot because I feel like sometimes we do get a lot of pressure on us because we are first gen and they expect us to do so much or even like also with my career, I feel like sometimes they be like, so what do you want to do with that? And so on and on. And I just be like, well, I know what I want to do, you know? Okay. So next question is, what does Women's History Month mean to you? Um, I think for me, it's a time where we need to focus on empowering women um, just because we're so underrepresented in terms of like we're underpaid in in work that we do like equal as far as like other men doing the same job as we do. So I think it's really a time to focus on that and just overall um, uplifting each other as women. I think there's a lot of women on this campus that need that support, that need that extra boost. I know that there's a lot of us like going through ruts and all that. We can get stuck and just wanting to give up, but it's it's an important month to not give up and to be there for one another and pull each other pull each other out and to just carry on. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all. I think that um, this month it's more of us to be together. And, you know, sometimes I feel like people do look down on us just for being women and they think we're not capable of doing what a guy can do, the double standard. And that that really just irritates me when people be like, you think you can handle that? Yes, I can handle that. You know, things like that. So my next question is, why do we need more women in leadership? Um, I think, like, going back to what I said about us being underrepresented, um, I think in a lot of fields of study or, like, jobs, 
like there are women but they don't have that power as far as like making like the big decisions okay so yeah um again because we're not represented sometimes like as much as like men are um in like bigger companies or like bigger jobs i think that for me before it's like stepping into these leadership roles that whenever i saw a leader it was somebody who was outgoing and just a very big personality and that wasn't me and i know that's probably not that's probably it's probably half and half split between there's a lot of women who are who own up to it and are super confident and just like they know how to create that like persona but there's um i'm not saying it's like a lack of confidence but it's still more of like a reserved type of confidence and I'm pulling in our quiet leaders from <laughs> from our minor, but I think that being able to see that there are ways of being a leader without being the person in front, but kind of being the person on the sideline or kind of behind the scenes, there's a lot of like power in that. And I think that just being able to represent that and um, have female leaders like recognized, even if they are not at the forefront of whatever's going on. Yeah, definitely agree with you. I think we've had this conversation or (laughs) or in class Mm -hmm. we we have different we do have very different characteristics. Yeah, in class. Because like you said, we have our outgoing people and and our like introverts. But that doesn't make that makes you not be a leader. You know, like you said, just because you're quiet and reserved it doesn't mean you have like exactly. nothing to offer. Exactly. Yeah. When you put so much into the table, mm-hmm. but people can probably like belittle you. Be like, oh, why would she? Why would we pick her as a leader? Right. You know, Especially she, like in y'all's majors, because isn't it like what is it like law or something? Oh, or well, political yeah. science. But you know, in like whenever we t- whenever you think about politics, it's like people who you know like they they stand their ground. They're very like they come off as um, very like bold, and so. I think it is hard for me to imagine people like, like for example, me being like very quiet, very timid. Um, but I think sometimes those people are like the observers, and so I think, well, like as far as like my from like my own personal experience, like I know sometimes I am very very quiet, but I feel like for me it's like I observe and I listen, and from there like I try to like grasp what everybody else is like talking about or you know just stuff like that, and then. I try to put in, like, my little input, and sometimes it's, like, you know, enough to, like, cover everything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, y'all kind of are, like, the same person. <laughs> y'all, y'all really are. No wonder we're just staring at <laughs> yes. the like, first. Yes. Yes, because, okay, like, me, you know, I am outgoing mm-hmm. and stuff, but, like, sometimes it is a lot because... Like, one person can't represent another. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've talked about because as a woman of color, you know, we, like, I'm in different positions on campus. But, like, as like I said, as a woman of color, sometimes I feel like people just think that just because I I probably represent one person, that means I can represent the whole campus when it's not like that because Mm -hmm. I have a very different opinion than her Mm -hmm. and and than you. So it's like, but I do believe women need to be more in leadership because... It can't just all be men, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think it all comes down to us because, like, obviously the men aren't going to encourage us to, like, take on these leadership positions. So, like, I think it's, like, among us that we need to, like, encourage each other, which, again, brings it back to, like, this month being all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that goes into our next question, which is how could you influence your 
How could you use your influence, positions of power, and allyship to strive for freedom, justice, equity, and opportunity for women? And that can go into, like, your influences on campus. Like, you know, just think about it however you want to think about it. So, like, for example, like, for me, I would say, um, like I said, a woman of color, I represent many organizations and I would love to see more people of color like more women of color being on these um organizations as well because like I said not only one person and I feel like as that person that who I am I can influence others to be in these organizations and tell them about them like look this is why we need you and it's like to empower and encourage each other and uplift each other because like, if I'm the only, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you and me are in the same org, but I love you because we know each other, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, another person, I probably wouldn't get along or with a guy. But, you know, like, seeing someone who looks like me, and I know that they probably go through the same things as me, like, you know, it'll be, like, a safe space. So, I think, for me, that's, like, influencing others. And, you know, I try to tell others, especially, like, underclassmen, like, you know, get involved and just, yeah. So I think for me, as far like connecting back to what you said, Lizzie, about being a, um, a woman of color, I know for LSO, the Latinx student organization, we just had elections, and I saw that a lot of um, like ladies, they stepped up to take on these leadership roles. And so I think because they saw us, I feel like they kind of got, they got to a point where they were comfortable enough to, you know, like step up and do this. And so I think because, like, they saw us, um, like, that kind of empowered them. And, again, like, making them comfortable and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think as far as that, we kind of... Okay, so kind of from... Okay, you said that how can we use our leadership roles to build up and support... Okay, awesome, awesome, all that stuff. So being a leader in a sorority, I think that there's... um, You definitely see that there's a lot of people who have certain stereotypes still set into place. Um, I know that my sorority specifically, we've grown a lot just in with the members that we have now and the diversity that we're seeing. And it's like, I just want to see more of it because I feel like everybody has in their mind that's just like, oh, for the white girls. Um, But it's not. And I think that that needs to be definitely pushed more to like make it more welcoming, which is why I'm so excited that y'all are bringing um, y'all's chapter here that's so exciting to me and I can't wait to see like how all of that works and um just to be able to like welcome y'all into CPC and just see definitely more diversity and that stigma of what sororities are changed and altered in the best way possible yeah I think like for example I think we were talking about um I guess we can talk about sororities you know that is a, a women thing especially in college and I think like well when I was in high school I had a friend and she was in a sorority and I remember it looked so much fun and I was just like oh my god I want to be I wanted to be in one right but then like when I got here to campus it to me it was just a very culture shock thing Mm -hmm. and I was just like "Mm, I don't think I can be in one and so like I remember I was talking to other girls and they were upperclassmen and they were like yeah you can join this and that they were like we would love to have you you know and also not just that one but like Okay, I guess you know you have your different sororities, mm-hmm. and you have your you have your divine nine, you have 
and you know you have Hispanic sororities so like I wasn't aware of all these different sororities and I remember like also like another one of the divine nines like she was like I think you need a sisterhood and so and like so and so and I think and you know I was kind of convinced but at the same time I felt like out of place because you know at the same time you want to be with people who understand you and it's not that like I feel like I feel like you can understand me right but it's just I don't know it's just like um I want somewhere where I won't be judged and I can mm-hmm. be me. And I feel like, and that is a lot of things because like even other people talk about sororities and they'll be like, yeah, you should join one. And like, it's not about the stereotype you have, mm-hmm. you know, like it's all parties and stuff. No, like you actually do something and you get Definitely. something out of it. Yeah. So yeah, I am excited for joining a sorority maybe, but. And just yeah. to see like Greek life grows just really something special to me because we've it's just been on a decline ever since like 2020 and so just seeing it come back alive has been like really special and really fun and exciting and I just am excited to be able to spread that around I guess (laughs) okay so now to my next question it is so growing up was there someone in your life that inspired you to become who you are today? Who was it and why? Mine is my Nana. Okay. Like, she is the definition of jack of all trades. And I used to, especially in high school, I hated that I was never good at like one certain thing. I was so distraught over everything because I was pretty subpar. Or I felt subpar anyway. But she showed me that, like there's a lot of strength in not having one's particular skill set because you can do so much more with being good at everything rather than being the best at one thing. And so just the way that she modeled that for me made me more comfortable with who I was and more content with what I'm doing and where I'm going. And so she's just been like a huge inspiration and she's absolutely like a wit master. Like all of my any sort of funny little comment any pun all like all of it comes from her i am her little carbon copy so she's just been just the best guide in my life i think for me it would have to be my mom um because i've seen her go through a lot um i know like hispanic women especially they tend to have like this um well, like, the husband has this superior, um, like, I guess, like, energy or, like, I don't know, just, what is that word, superiority? Superiority. 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 Yes, that over women. And so, I feel like, for me, my mom has, like, having her, or having, having seen her struggles and, like, all that she's had to, like, all the sacrifices that she's had to make for us, um, like has really inspired me and is really the only reason why I'm like I'm in school because I want to make her proud of course my dad too but the focus is on women so yeah I feel like it would have to be my mom just because she's always like been very supportive of me she's always pushing me to do my best and and yeah <laughs> yeah same I think well I don't know I don't think 
there's someone in specific. I mean, yeah, of course, my mother. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a lot of people that has been motivating me to be great. And, of course, my mom, and like she said, like I piggyback to what Noelia said about, you know, I've seen what my mom has gone through. I mean, I really have. I mean, I'm her child, right? And so, like, you know, she tells me I don't want you to do the things that I did. So, like, for example, like she doesn't want me to work. You know, she didn't go to college. She didn't think she only went to sixth grade. And so she was like, you know, that she always pushes me and my brother to go to school and have a career and she's like that's why you know we're working to give you a career and then it's up to you what you do in life after right and I was like yeah and and I agree with that but also another person that really was I guess my my nana I just don't call her my nana but (laughs) (laughs) she was she really pushed me because she always been there and she was like always helping my mom with everything and you know and with her it's different because like um as I got older, English is a barrier, like, for my mom sometimes. I mean, she knows how to, she knows how to speak English, but, like, she doesn't get me to a certain level where I can talk to another person who understands me, and also my nana. She's older, like, she's older, and so I always talk to her about certain things, and she was like, well, you know, if you don't want to do that, then don't do it, and then, you know, and then her daughter... She was a lawyer, and so she was like, like, I've seen um, how she battled through law school, and she was like, I don't want to, I don't want you to go through that, and I was like, yeah, but I don't know what I want to do, you know, like, there's a certain thing in life where it's like, do I really want to do that, and like, I know what I'm passionate about, like, I really do, but, you know, people ask you, so what are your plans after college, and I'm just like, I don't know, like, I really don't know, you know, some people obviously have their career already set, but, like, me, it's just, like, I don't know, because life can throw you so many obstacles, and, you know, you have to overcome them, but, I don't know, to the point where I'm just, like, I don't know, like, I know I'm gonna graduate high school, and that's a, I mean, high school, (laughs) I mean college, (laughs) y'all, so college, I know I'm gonna graduate college, and I think that is a big accomplishment in our families, because, like I said, that goes to our first question, I was like, what is it? being a first-generation woman, and I'll be graduating college and the first one in my family. So to me, that's a great accomplishment. And, you know, whatever I do next, I think they should support me in what I do. So, yeah. All right. And then the last question is, what advice would you give to other student leaders on campus or just other people or other women who want to do something and become leaders? Um, I think for me, I would probably the best the best advice I could give is that it's okay to be shy and it's okay to be reserved, but to not let that stop you from like wanting to do the things that you want to do because sometimes you just have to do things that make you scared so you can overcome your fears. And so I think finding like a friend group or some somebody that you feel comfortable with um, and like not relying on them, but like having them as a support system can really help you. Um, And it can be like anybody, like a faculty or like somebody that you met in college um, but like having them around, I feel like really helps. Well, I know like it helped me, 
um, really like step up and want to take on like leadership positions but just overall like don't let your like shyness stop you from just doing the things that you want to do I think mine kind of goes into that and it's just to be okay with being uncomfortable because it's only that uncomfort is only going to last a second and then you're going to find yourself outside of what you thought was safety and realize that you can broaden any sort of thing that you want to do in your life like it only lasts a certain a certain moment and then it's gone like I think of okay this is so stupid but I think of in um Matt Damon's character in We Bought a Zoo (laughs) he says something about like you only need 90 seconds of insane courage and so that's what I've really just kind of applied in a lot of things that I've done, like the Miss Tech pageant. Like that was, that was something crazy, and it was, it was literally exactly ninety seconds of some insane courage to go out there and do what I did, like every few times. So that was something that I never thought I could see myself doing, and I just remember that the feeling that I felt afterwards after going out there and accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish was definitely worth okay no it was definitely like worth being uncomfortable for a little bit and like because you have it's, it's a minute and a half in the span of your entire life okay. and it can make all the difference so okay so <clears throat> I didn't write this down but <laughs> so has there been trying to word it has there been a moment where you felt like you weren't capable of doing something but you overcame that but because you're a woman I mean you shared your tech experience Mm -hmm. I would definitely say like just I've never felt more proud of myself and more like had that like that feeling of like oh I just did something that was just not expected and it was definitely after that whole talent portion and like I haven't played the saxophone in four years and I worked so hard to get it right and to kind of warm back up to where I was even though I was last chair in band all high school like that shouldn't have I think that was a big mental block and being like, oh, well, like, who think, why do I think I can do this? But, I don't know, I just, I did it. You ripped off the band-aid and that was like the best feeling ever. I went back, I remember finishing and going back into that dressing room and like, I nearly started crying because I was so, I'd never been more proud of myself and have overcome something that meant a lot to me in the long run. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I really am because wow, just the way you're talking about it, like, like wow. I just are we talking about the miss the uh-huh. tech? Okay. Yeah. I I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> I think I saw your pictures on Instagram. Was, oh, <laughs> see you're famous. No. <laughs> okay. What was the question again? Like, what has been an obstacle that? has been thrown in your life but that you've overcame as a woman or i guess anything sorry mine wasn't really woman specific i mean it was though because it's about you yeah and it's yeah something you think you would have never done 
I guess, and you did it. Like, you're proud of it. Um, I feel like I'm always trying to overcome obstacles because I'm, like, I'm really hard on myself, and so it can be, like, something, like, very small, like, whether I complete this assignment on time or not, and I feel like I can't do it, and then I do. And so I feel like that is always, like, a constant thing that I'm, like, little obstacles that I'm always trying to overcome. But I think as far as, like, being a woman, I know when I was when I was younger, like, I used to have, um, um, like, body image problems. And I know that, like, I overcame that because I just became really comfortable with myself. And I think a little bit of confidence. And I really did not think that I was going to, like, overcome that. And I know that's, like, not as, like, a big deal. Or, like, I know a lot of women go through that. And so it's, like, very common. But, like, for me, I feel like that confidence that I built really, like, um, helped me, like, be where I am today. Because, like, I was confident enough to, like, take on, um, like, positions that I never thought I would. Um, Just because I've always, like I said, I've always been really quiet, very timid like, always in the corner, um, and so, like, I just never saw myself, like, being where I am today, and I feel like, overall, it's just being comfortable with myself and not caring about, like, what anybody says about me, or, like, people are always going to talk about you, especially, like, us as women, you know, we're, as much as we say we empower each other, there are always going to be girls that are, like, either going to look down on you or just not see you as equal to them just because they may have more privileges than you or they may have, you know, just, like, very small Mm -hmm. differences. Um, And so I think, I think, yeah, I think that would be my biggest obstacle, I guess, as far as, like, being a woman. Love it. Beautiful. I think mine's, there are a lot of things, but I think my biggest one is is going into my career. Because, like, even my, my parents, well, more like my dad, because, like, he's that macho man, whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, sir, you know, I just try to, op- like, get them to be more open-minded about certain things because that's a that's a really big problem in Hispanics households that you know they're so used to back to traditional things that they're not open to new things and that just really irritates me because i'm just like ma'am do you hear yourself how you're talking and so me and my brother just look at my parents sometimes like and it's funny so how, dumb. how even in our, like our own household like we have those like you know people that like view us as less when mm-hmm. in reality it should be like the opposite like right. we should be able to you know feel like we have exactly yeah Uh yeah so mine just would be like you know my first I'm always going to talk about it because it's my greatest accomplishment and it it pushes it pushed me to where I am at and it's like my first protest and I remember my dad was like for what he was like what's the point of it and I was just like the point is I'm trying to get people aware of the situation that's going on and you know he was like but you know they they don't like us blah 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 and I'm just like sir and, and it, that, things like that motivate me to become who I am because I'm like, if my dad thinks about this way and he's... <laughs> and Your he, dad. Exactly. <laughs> now think about people like powerful Stranger, people, yeah. white politicians, white male politicians who think they're going to be sur- superior than women. And like looking at it, like I look at that and I just be like, for example, like AOC, Alexandra Ocasio. I love that woman because I like read about her documentary and everything and it's just like... If she did this, there's so many other women who can do this. And and I think being in politics is a big career. 
and you know like your whole life is going to be exposed because there's obviously people who will hate you and disagree with whatever your point of views are so i think that that pushes me and that's a big obstacle so yeah just i really like Nadia said like i don't care what people say like i know what i'm doing and i know what i'm passionate about yeah well I just want to say thank you all for coming in and being our special guest for this episode and talking about your experiences of being first-generation women. I hope that those that are listening were able to relate or learn something new about these students' stories. And please make sure to check out our social media. We are on Facebook and on Instagram. On Facebook, we are Arkansas Tech University First Generation Student Experience. On Instagram, we are ATU First Gen. Stay tuned for our next episode on First Gen Table Talks. <laughs>